With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. Welcome into Bet the Edge. It's Monday, April 10th, as we call it Money Monday here now. Thanks everyone <laughs> watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. Coming up, the NBA playoffs are just one day away, and with matchups and prices set, we're going to break down every single Eastern and Western Conference matchup for you guys with a good friend of the show, Chris Miles from NBA TV. Plus, MLB Best Bets. They're going to be at the end of the show, so make sure you stick around. All that and more powered by Points Bet. This is Bet the Edge. It's Vaughn, it's Drew. It was an exciting weekend because, like I said, all the NBA playoffs are set. The Masters was phenomenal. I got a little piece of John Rahm before he went to the favorites. I also lost money on Tiger Woods, though, because he continues just to rack it up. Him and Phil Mickelson, super impressive this weekend. Uh, What was your favorite part of the weekend? Uh, Well, it's definitely not uh, doing the accounting on my Masters action because that (laughs) was not good. Um, I lost. Yeah, I lost big time uh, at betting the Masters. It was still a great event. Uh, You know, and, you know, Easter Sunday, the fact that they basically had, you know, top end golf on all day long was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the final round uh, saved the tournament. You know, it would give you know, the, the especially mm-hmm. the first half. Uh, you know, of the broadcast was super interesting, and engaging, and there was like crazy missed shots, m- just absolute uh, mind-boggling mistakes, and everything felt like it was totally in flux. And then you look up, and you're like, "Oh, John Rahm has a four-shot lead; it's over." And uh, yeah. you know, it was it was uh, it was it was a wild uh, way to to wrap up the uh, the event, and it was a it was a wild event in general. I can just tell you, John Rahm plays the hero extremely well. Like uh, it was very cool to see him basically, uh, you know, get his. Fun Hours and uh, and in general, um, yeah, these live guys play the villain extremely well. <laughs> you know, it was easy to root against Kepka and Phil Mickelson, and uh, you know the just in general that whole crew. Um, you know, and, and I think one of our thesis coming in, we weren't sure is it going to be rest or rust. Like the fact that those guys were rested to me looked meaningful, particularly a guy like Kepka who's been dealing with injuries so many uh, of the last few seasons. The fact that he was that good and that competitive, um, you know, really surprised me to, you know, considering he hasn't played in some of the top events against the top players. But that said, uh, John Rahm was clearly the best. And, uh, you know, I guess just a special, um, what the heck happened to Rory McIlroy? Um, you know, I, we know that he plays his best golf when no one's watching there, and it felt like everyone was watching, and the pressure was especially serious this year. But uh, to come out on Friday when you had 
the wave advantage. You had the better conditions and you could have put up a score and put yourself in contention and to uh, play your way out of the tournament was pretty shocking. Uh, I don't really know what's going on there, but that was a, a huge disappointment. Um, and uh, yeah, basically everybody else showed up. Yeah, it wasn't too. I mean, Roy hasn't. He's missed a cup before in the Masters. He's let us down a few times. Not the first time, but I definitely. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. I'm glad the rain came into factor. I thought that uh, made it a little more interesting, and I like the drama aspect you brought up too. I think I feel like golf's gotten more dramatic the past few years between a lot of the players, uh, and I'm glad that Brooks Kepka didn't run away with it because that's not how we want to spend our Easter Sunday. But I like the NBA matchup, so we're gonna need our our man Chris Miles' help to break them all down, Drew, because, you know, NBA was pretty tough this season, but we kind of got warmed up here at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. and we got our man Chris Money Miles, as you can see on the screen here with us. Before we hop into it, though, there's a little bird that was floating a room around, Chris. It says that you were calling games for NBA TV at the Nike Hoop Summit, and you saw Bronny James play. So I got to know, what were your takeaways from Bronny James? Well, uh, first and foremost, it, you talk about pressure. Not from Bronny, but for me sitting there trying to call this game. And every time Bronny does something, LeBron James is sitting about, you know, five feet away from me, staring at me right in my face. And Bronny shoots two air balls. And I'm like, air ball by Bronny, another one. And LeBron, death stare, right? So I understand the pressure you're under, Bronny. But I think uh, looking at the McDonald's All-American game and the Nike Hoop Summit, for those who don't know, um, 14 of the last 25 number one overall picks played in a Nike Hoop Summit, right? Mm -hmm. We've had five MVPs and 35 All-Stars playing it. It is more elite than a McDonald's All-American game because it's Team World versus Team USA. Having said that, Bronny James closed both of those games and deserved to be on the floor mm -hmm. and made all the winning plays and sank the free throws when it matters and hit the big shots. So when you look at the box score, he's not like the guy that's going to score 25 or be the leader like his dad. But the thing that I noticed was, okay, this kid is a closer, right? Like whatever it is that he's got, he makes the right decisions and coaches got to have him on the floor on both ends uh, to close out games. And that really impressed me because it wasn't, I'm playing him because he's LeBron's son. It was, we got to win this game. We need him on the floor because we need someone to make big shots and make the best decisions. Yeah, that totally checks out and excited to see his development as he uh, uh, takes the next step and uh, you know certainly would expect to see him playing in the association one day soon uh, with his dad potentially, which is where I want to go next because the Lakers have qualified for the play-in tournament. Congratulations, <laughs> you've taken a step forward this year. You made the play-in. Um, and honestly, like, hat tip to LeBron. He's been traveling all around the country kind of, uh, you know, th at this time, not only uh, chasing the seventh seed, but also, you know, kind of going to all of these events. And that's, uh, you know, being a good dad. That's very cool. Um, however, uh, his team now finds themselves in a little bit of a precarious situation because a loss here puts them in harm's way, uh, i.e. one loss away from being out of the playoffs or one win away from playing the Nuggets. Uh, I think if you're the Lakers, you'd rather go through the softer side of the bracket, win this game, you know, get yourself the seven seed, take on the Grizzlies. Um, and they are finding they find themselves as seven point favorites against the Timberwolves team that was coming apart at the seams yesterday, even in beating the Pelicans. Um, you know, I think we've, we've seen this get bet out to seven. A lot of that, I think, is on the basis of uh, uh, expecting McDaniel is going to miss 
Ross uh, with the wrist injury from punching a wall, uh, expecting that maybe Ruby, Rudy Gobert may not be with the team. It's still a question mark there whether he's going to you know be kind of persona grata in the uh, locker room uh, this week. And you know, am I, am I capturing all of the points on this one uh, fairly? And do you think the Lakers basically just get the uh, the free pass into the seventh seed? Well, what's crazy is you're missing a huge one, and that's Nas Reed. Right, who's arguably been their most productive big man all season, more than Rudy Gobert and obviously Carl Anthony Towns, who missed, what, 52 consecutive games? So without Nas Reed, without Jaden McDaniels, they lose their depth. Uh, Rudy Gobert throwing a punch at slow-mo, Kyle Anderson, right? I mean, there's so many things wrong with it, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, Lakers, right? But if you've ever been on a team where you guys, like, slug it out, and have this kumbaya session and sometimes you get well if we win today we beat the lakers make the playoffs let's make something of ourselves i'm afraid that the timberwolves might have a little bit of that especially with their leader being anthony edwards and carl anthony towns being back right so i'm a little bit um afraid for the lakers thinking like okay yeah we got them like we'll beat them it's no big deal when truly this is a team that um, has shown a ton of potential and kind of fallen apart late here in the season. But also, on the Lakers side, you got to think, hey, D'Angelo Russell, man, your revenge. You get your, your time to end their season. So I, I think it's an intriguing matchup more than anything. And it's like everything else in the Western Conference. I see both sides of it, and I go, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know who has the mental uh, edge. I do know the Lakers have the basketball edge with all of the injuries and issues that the Timberwolves are dealing with. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up about the mental edge because this time of year, it's you can look at a bunch of numbers and statistics and trends as much as you want, but it's also the motivational factor of these teams, the mental factors of where these guys are at, if they're ready to go home or not. And like you said with the Timberwolves, I mean, Rudy Gobert swinging on Kyle Anderson might have actually got this team a little bit closer uh, in the right time just to kind of you know make a run or at least win a game or two here. So uh, if I'm looking at anything in that series, I'll be probably playing Anthony Edwards props. Uh, maybe some LeBron James props, but I know you're on LeBron's hot seat, so you don't have to agree to betting on LeBron James, Chris. Uh, but we could go over to another series because this one's the most interesting. The Mavericks tanked it out. They said, we don't even want this blast. We want to hold some draft picks. So now we got SGA and the Thunder taking on the Pelicans. The Pelicans are laying five points here. You look back at this, the meetings earlier in the season, the Pelicans own them. I mean, they've won three out of four of them. A lot of the games are very low scoring, too. We're seeing a high total on the board, around 228, 230. So let me ask you, uh, who do you like here in this game between the Pelicans and Thunder? Well, if I do the entire season, I love the Thunder. But if I do the Pelicans from the last three weeks, then Pelicans all the way. Uh, It's become Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and Brandon Ingram. And if you've ever been around any of those three guys, they all have that Kevin Durant look. Mm-hmm. Like we go, how tall is he? Is he supposed to be six eight or six twelve? I can't figure it out. Uh, and Trey Murphy, you know, just had a historic shooting season, and obviously he would have won the dunk contest if it wasn't for Mac McClung's great performance. So he's an uber talented kid that's just tapping into it. And Brandon Ingram's a walking bucket. I look at the Thunder and I go, they got one guy like that. That's SGA, and Josh Giddy can do a lot of things on the court. But when you get to the postseason, you go. Well, the Pelicans have essentially three SGAs as far as what they can do. Uh, They just have to divvy that up. Then I I really like what the Pelicans have become over the past month or so. Uh, And considering that they're like, all right, Zion, 
you're not part of what we're doing right now. You're over here. Ever since that's kind of been settled within their group, mm-hmm. I think the other players have come alive a bit. And I just like their talent level more than I do uh, Oklahoma City right now. And yeah, I just left out CJ McCollum and saying all of that. So, yeah, I, I I agree with your both your reads on both I re, your reads on both these games. I would I'm happy laying the five with the Pelicans here. I like that the Thunder in general are defendable. Uh, if you can basically take SGA out of the fourth quarter of this game, the Pelicans probably win by double digits. Um, and they have the defenders to do it. So you have, you know, so just in, individual outstanding defense from guys like Herb Jones is is going to be probably the difference in that one. So I would lay it with the Pelicans in the first game. Took a little under 229, expecting Rudy goes, expecting that it's a little bit tougher for the Lakers to succeed at the rim, which is kind of how they're getting it done uh, of late when things are going well for them. So I think that one's going to be a little bit more of a rock fight than a 230 total would suggest. Um, But as we uh, kind of uh, look at the rest of the West, um, we have some great matchups. It doesn't matter who out of these four get in to the playing spots. The 1-8 and the 2-7 are going to be great series. Um, and we do know that uh, we're going to get Kawhi versus the Suns, which is going to be pretty fun. Now, we're expecting that Paul George probably not going to go. Uh, I think realistic timeline for him, if he comes back this season, is end of April or early May. Uh, so I don't think he's really going to be available in this series. And, you know, market's basically saying this is a Suns runaway here. Um, do you have uh, kind of a, a bull case to make that the Clippers can take a couple games here? Or do you think that the Suns with Kevin Durant are as good as advertised? I'm not saying anything's going to be a runaway of Kawhi from Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> right? If he's playing and he's playing at that exceptional level. That's what he's doing right now. Um, what I wonder is Russell Westbrook in this series. Is he going to be able to be a factor that's like, oh, no, like this guy is killing us, right? Because when I look at the Suns, I go, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre, check. Chris Paul ain't what it used to be. And the rest of that roster – no, 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 no. The rest of that roster, no. And the Clippers have all of these like random X Factor guys, you know, uh, like Norman Powell. They, they just have guys that when you go, oh, yeah, he's on this team too. Like he can defend, he can, you know, get it going and win you a single game in the series. So I think if Kevin Durant and Devin Booker come out and they drop 30 apiece and it's light work for those two, then yeah. But the fact that Kawhi Leonard's on the floor, and whether he's guarding Booker or he's guarding KD, I just don't think it's going to be light work for them. So I'm interested okay. in the series. I think the Suns do pull it out, but I'm not just like bypassing the Clippers with Paul George out. I'm like, I want to see how the first game or two goes. And Ty Lue has proven in playoff series over and over again that he's never out and that he makes adjustments in game that are incredible. A lot of guys around the league say that he's the best you know, playoff slash in-game coach in the NBA. And I think his track record says that. So it's something we have to really pay attention to and not just go, oh, yeah, the Suns got this. I think this is a intriguing series. And you got to look at KD and Devin Booker as two guys that randomly, you know, have these injury concerns um, that you go, okay, are they going to be healthy the entire series? Like, is it going to be something small that they skip a game or two? So I'm paying attention to all of those things in this series. And I would move in trepidation placing any bets on any game here. I'm going to disagree. I think the Suns <laughs> – I played the Suns to win by four – or win in four this morning at plus Whoa. 440. I do not like this Russell Westbrook Clippers version, Batum, Zubak, all these guys. I do – I mean, I hear you out on the Powell and Gordon 
off the bench. These type of X factor guys, Terrence Mann too, like they can cause, you know, problems at times, but it really comes down to, I think the talent level of the Suns in general. I think they're much better than anyone else in the West. And I think Chris Ball, as old as he is, still nine, 10 assists a game, still run the offense. He won't score your point in the first or second quarter, but it gets you 10, 15 in the second half. And I think that's a big deal. But Drew, do you have anything for we're going to talk about the next series? Do you have an opinion on uh, this series? I am. I'm having the toughest time handicapping this one because I'm usually looking for like, a, hey, is there a little bit too much confidence here in the Suns? Is there is there a matchup that the Clippers can exploit? Can they take a game in Phoenix and make this a series? And I'm coming up empty. So ultimately, I think the lines are probably pretty good here. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly – you know, the way you've seen Kawhi play on the back half of this season has been all NBA level. And uh, if he shows up or elevates from there, then the Suns, yeah, could have a tough time. But uh, any any interest in like Suns instead of 4-0 at uh, a little bit bigger number? You want to play like uh, the minus two and a half games in the series? Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. I was looking at that. The odds weren't as significant. I think they were around like 280, 300 uh, when I was shopping. But you could probably get some better numbers on a couple of books than that. But yeah, I do think that's, it's the best value out there. Cause I know when I was looking at the five game series, uh, it was plus plus one eighty five. Uh, so you're asking me sons and four, we're bringing it back for the fan base for plus four forty or five games at plus one eighty five. I think that's a pretty clear bet on which one to make. So I took the sons and four, Fair but enough. Uh, Chris, let's talk about the other one. Cause this one to me, Drew says the warriors are my team. Now I'm a bulls fan, but <laughs> You're giving me a West Coast team. I do like the Warriors, but this team can't win on the road. And they got to win a couple road games in Sacramento. Uh, So this is going to be a great series between the three and the six seed here. I'll probably bet the over every single time. Uh, But what do you make of this series in general? Do you think uh, Steph Curry and company rolls now that the Kings finally, finally made the playoffs? Oh, I don't think the the Warriors roll. In fact, I think this is one of the worst matchups they could have had uh, in a sense that Mike Brown uh, – most likely be coach of the year, right? Uh, he was with the Warriors. He knows their weaknesses. He knows exactly what buttons to push against this team, right? That is like the craziest X factor in this. Andrew Wiggins, not being Andrew Wiggins trying to come back into the fold. I mean, when for their road wins, go look at it. As soon as um, he was gone, it was like that's when they had the long streak of not winning on the road because what Steve Kerr told us directly – was, well, our road issues are younger guys not defending well on the road. Well, guess what? You're facing the most clutch player in the NBA this season in De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, two guys who create these mismatches all over the floor. So if your issues are on defense and you have to win one on the road and that's where you struggled against the coach that helped you to win championships that knows, hey, hey, this is what we got to do to Draymond in this situation. Hey, hey. With Steph, let's try this approach. And don't forget, De'Aaron Fox, before this glow up this year, was one of the best pick and roll defenders in the NBA by every measure out there. And he's looking to make a name for himself, having been this blue chip prospect that was forgotten about and is having his great season. And you're like, all right, we're good. You're the guy. You're the you're going to be on Steph looking to make a name for yourself. All of like the little nuances a point to the Kings, including having the home court advantage. I know the Warriors are the defending champs. They are the creme de la creme of the league over the past decade. But, man, this feels like if you want to make the playoffs cool but make a name for yourself and say we're here now, 
knocking off the defending champs for the Kings, I feel like it's all there for them, and they do have a lot of advantages that may go overlooked. Okay, so best strategy to take this serious price on because maybe you know you had you had a dead read on the Warriors last year. I remember you had, came on and helped us preview the finals, and I was like, "No, this is wrong team favorite. It's Celtics all the way." Blah blah blah. No, Warriors took care of business. You were right. You have a read on in general, like the way that this team is approaching this playoff run, and you know are they going to oh. kind of build into this series a little bit, try to win it in six or seven, like get a little bit of King series price early and wait for like, kind of the momentum to flip and then get Warriors, or uh, you know, what is your general temperature of the Warriors broadly? Well, I'll say this. Uh, we stayed in the same hotel two days ago, right, in Portland. Mm-hmm. And I went to go hit the Peloton, and Draymond was on it <laughs> feverishly, right? And then I saw him at the game. He went to the Nike Hoop Summit, and I'm like, man, he looks leaner than I've ever seen him. And there is a certain understanding of Draymond, Steph, and Clay. like, hey, we like we have to do this now. Like, we got to get these younger guys to, to make sure that they're focused, they're in. So I think there's no drop-off mentally for them, right? I don't think it's a, oh, they're not prepared, they're not focused. It's none of that stuff. I do think I'm giving more credit to the Kings. I'm not saying the Kings will win the series. I think this series is going to go six games, right, uh, or possibly seven. But I, I do see a way that the Kings, um, you know, the, the Warriors aren't, going to cover and, and win by four or five points. I think this is going to be a dogfight down to the end, every single game, game-winning buckets, and I do like the Kings in a lot of those situations. So um, however you want to bet that, however you feel about that, as far as a series winner, I think this is an absolute toss-up. Hmm. I don't think – I think the Warriors are the you know the team that's reached the, the mountaintop and are kind of going this way. And yeah. the Kings of the team just absolutely like they're yeah. flying up the mountain. So it's just a matter of are they going to just fly up and pass the Warriors and this is it? Or is this like, a, oh, we almost did it. And they're the new Memphis Grizzlies or the new Timberwolves, right? Like yeah. back to where you belong. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the market, too, is like questioning how it's going to start out in the series. Because it's basically a pick them. The Kings are like one point favorite in game mm-hmm. one thus far. And yeah. I thought the best way to kind of approach this, if you like the Kings – I saw the Kings to win the series um, one is one and a half. So they went four, zero, four, one or four, two at five to one at plus five, 10 odds. And I thought that was a great way to approach the Kings. If you think they're going to win the series, but if you're betting the Warriors, I don't know if you guys will disagree with this, but I'm just betting Steph Curry's props over on points, laddering the threes. Yes. I mean, he's, he's going to be the guy. And, uh, Clay, to keep too. Yeah. and Clay too. Yeah, Clay too as well. And he, you, you could see like those three guys, particular Clay, Steph, and Draymond have all talked about they see everyone else counting us out. The dynasty is over, and they're kind of, you know, the only guys carrying this. But one thing I'll say before we move on to who we think is going to represent the Western Conference champion, you made a note about their struggles on the road with the young guys. Golden State is the third worst defensive net rated team on the road uh, defensively. Sacramento is the second worst uh, defensively at home. So when Sacramento's at home, like game one and two, I like the overs. Uh, just throwing it out there for everyone. So uh, Western Conference champion, obviously we got an array of teams to pick. We were kind of talking about it's wide open. I like the Suns, but there's no way I'm playing a plus 200 type of odds or whatever it is right now. Uh, no value there. So what do you think, Chris? Is there value on any specific team uh, in the West? Absolutely. What, what are the Lakers odds in this? Where are the Lakers at? Plus 800, 8 to yeah, 1. Right. First of all, first of all, because it's so wide open, I'm putting it on long shots. 
Okay. I'm taking okay. none of the favorites. I'm looking at this right now. I'm going, yeah, I'm taking flyers on the Lakers and the Kings. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, I, would Kings. Place, I would place a, a larger bet on the Lakers just because the odds are, you know, eight to one and just a low bet on the Kings and say, you know what? If that doesn't hit, who cares? I tried because everything else, I have a caveat and a reason not to believe. And if they lose, I'm like, why did I do that? Where the big money is, let's say, you know, uh, you place a hundred dollar bet on the Kings. How would you feel about that? Right. If they do it or, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as if you go all in on the, on the Suns, and you place a larger bet, you're like, ah, oh, they lost in the first round. <laughs> oh, man, I should have saw that coming. Kevin Durant only played, you know, nine or 10 games with them. Yeah, they were undefeated, but they just came together. Of course, they're going to lose to Kawhi, who's been there for five years, right? Like, that's that's how your mind would go at on the back end of it. So that's that's how I look at it. When I see all of the odds right in front of me, I'm like, a flyer on the Kings? Yes. A flyer on the Lakers? Absolutely. That's where I'm going. Uh, I can't really argue with any of that. I think I I really would just point out that your sentiment is correct, which is this is a flat conference. <laughs> Anyone is live. Uh, and path matters. And if the Lakers, you know, the two, king, two teams you picked are probably going to be the two underdogs on the easier side of the bracket. Uh, and so realistically, uh, you know, if you're a Lakers backer or a Kings backer, you're not going to have to play the Nuggets till the Western Conference Finals. You're not going to have to play the Suns till the Western Conference Finals. If you're the Kings, you might host the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, there's a lot of positives to kind of taking that approach because um, it does feel like chaos is going to be the name of the game a little bit this year because, you know, there's weaknesses with every one of these teams at the top of the board. So uh, I'm with you. Uh, let's, uh, let's let's cheer for, cheer for the unexpected. I agree. It's uh, 24 minutes into this podcast. We just now mentioned the Nuggets talking about the Western Conference. No respect for the one seed. Drew and Chris, before we get to a little break real quick, what do you guys, what round are the Nuggets getting knocked out in? I'm going to say round two. I think they they run into the winner of Suns Clippers, probably the Suns, and I think that's where it ends. Um, Suns match up really well to take advantage of some of the weaknesses that, that they have defensively, in my opinion. I don't know who's... Yeah, I don't know whose assign you know whose assignment it is to defend Kevin Durant in that series, but that guy's gonna have a long series. What do you think, Chris? They survive round two. That's the crazy thing. I have no clue, right? Like, I, and I'm, I don't mean that in this like, oh, give us an answer. I'm like, man, I can see a wait, like the Nuggets going to the finals against the Bucks and then losing against Milwaukee, sure. and that plays out most logically to me. Uh, it, it really, that's what I see, and then I go. Yeah, and if they lost in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised either. So it's like, am I? Do I believe the Nuggets are going to advance? Not really. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I love Nikola Jokic. You know, he's on the MVP bandwagon before he won one. Uh, and I just look at them like they don't defend well. They just don't defend well, and that matters in the postseason um, when you try to advance. It definitely matters. Yeah, a week ago I said I like the Nuggets playoff odds because it's so wide open. After I said I said I'd take that back, I actually didn't mean what I said. I don't know why I said that. I can't ever believe in this Nuggets team. Regular season team, not a playoffs team. But before we get to the Eastern Conference, don't forget, everybody, download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay out of the competition by favoring players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. The Premier League is built on hope. 
with the hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again. Go for the United States. Unbelievable. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the Initial wager. Points bet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the Points Bet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. In Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. In Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369. In New York, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867. In Louisiana. So getting to the Eastern Conference, we got the play-ins, the Hawks and the Heat. The Heat are laying five points, total sitting at 226 and a half. Um, we know Trey Young struggled, struggled, struggled mightily last year against that Miami team. Shot 31% from the field, 18% from three, and averaged 15 points per game. Did a little better during the regular season this year, but of course, this is the playoffs now. So uh, are we back in the Heat here, or do you like the Hawks, Chris? So I've paid attention to this closely uh, living here in Atlanta. And when it came down to the back end of the season, the Hawks and the Heat, I believe they played three times in the last like three weeks, right? 
And watching those games, I thought the Hawks were going to just mop the floor with them, and it was the Heat that had the advantage. So that was a playoff-like atmosphere. I saw the Hawks give the best that they had, and the Heat looked like they can't score, and they won the games. Uh, so it's like my heart tells me Hawks. I go to their games. I sit courtside. I enjoy it. I love it. And then I watch Miami, and I go, I don't like anything about them, but they win. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I just – I look at Jimmy Butler, and I go, how? He does the same move. He scores late, and he blocks shots late. Then Bam out of bios, inconsistent oh, offensively, my. and all of their undrafted guys. It's like, and Tyler Arrow's not really that good. And I go, okay, the Hawks have a – I like every member of the Hawks more than I like every member of the Heat. But I feel like when they match up, it's the heat, it's the heat, it's the heat. Um, so I, I just got to go with that, right? Like, I think Miami has earned that respect. Uh, and a team that, you know, that core group has been to the finals, right? Like, I know people go, oh, the bubble finals. But they have been. And they have that history. And they know who they are and that identity. Uh, I mean, they were, what, one shot away from going to the finals last year? <laughs> like they, 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 they were on game, you know, they were in that game, game seven against the Celtics. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely tough to come up with what a fair price for this heat team ought to be because like in their bones, they're not that different than the team that was like extremely close to a finals appearance last year. So um, yeah, interesting to kind of wrap your head around what a fair price ought to be there. I played some under in that game. Um, I know that these, you know, first you mentioned some of the kind of re recency of these two teams going head to head early March back to back games uh, in Miami with one day off. The first of those games closed 227. Now you add in a little bit of the you know playoff environment here. You add in some of the injuries that both these teams are dealing with in terms of you know guys you're counting on for production. Uh, I think this is going to get into the t low 220s. Uh, so I think decent bet still on the under, even though that is on the move. It was as high as like 229 and it's been bet down. So um, that will be a, a fun one to have in pocket tomorrow. In fact, actually, I'm cheering for bad basketball tomorrow in both games. Not bad basketball, but good defense. Okay. I got two two unders on the card tomorrow, yeah. so that'll be uh, interesting to, to, to sit through. Um, Bulls-Raptors does not have the whiff of a defensive game to me, that, but it will be good. Um, you have a lower total in 215 range. You have Raptors as five-point favorites up in Canada. Um, now, for a lot of the later part of the season, the market rated the Raptors as one of the best teams in the East. They were getting a ton of respect, regardless of opponent. Uh, and yet sit, they sit here, they find themselves in the nine seed. Um, you know, what is your vibe on, you know, you read on the vibe up in Toronto. Did they figure something out after the trade deadline, uh, bringing in Pirtle that can, you know, kind of carry this team to getting, uh, into the playoffs or are they, uh, effectively a one and done here? I think their chemistry is better because I witnessed Masai Ujiri having a lot of conversations with other GMs for like two months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you go to a game, you see him like, he is definitively talking to another general manager at G League Showcase. You know, I won't say the other names, but I, I saw him conversing with other general managers a lot. So what happens with that, if you're a player on a team, you're like, well, you don't want me, right? Like the, it, it does affect the chemistry. And I think after the trade deadline, a lot of those guys, OG, Scotty, Pascal, they're still there. So they're like, all right, let's do this. We're, we're still together, guys. Like, let's work hard. And I think that's what you saw now for the Bulls flying way under the radar. Oh, yeah. They have one of the best defenses in the NBA since January. And I'm like, it hasn't really translated to a lot of wins. But in the playoffs, I go through the defensive numbers. 
because that's where you see like you can look at everything else go all right who played good defense the last three or four months who were they and those teams seem to you know make a push the problem with that is uh the raptors are consistently you know a, a switching team to, if you don't have a big to make them pay i don't think you really you know you don't match up well against them and the bulls Vooch is, you know, six eight six nine, right? Like he's not a big that's going to make them pay. And he also is best part of his game is shooting jumpers, perimeter. So I kind of like the Raptors in this matchup. I think they have more heart. I think they have better defenders at all those positions. And I, I just think they have more potential too with this group to get better and to build off of momentum of winning a game like this. This is a tough one for me being a Bulls fan because I want to, you know, like you said earlier with the Hawks, you want to take the team with your heart here, but you know that's probably not the, mo- the move to be making. Uh, but surprisingly, I do like Patrick Beverly on the Bulls. You always like a guy like Pat Bev when he's on your team opposed to playing against him. But, uh, you know, with him, they've been a top six defensive net team over the last 10 games along with the Raptors too. Both teams play slow paces. So uh, Drew's already been hitting on unders all across the board, but I'm kind of in agreement. like this is one where – I kind of looked at the under two, just thinking that uh, these teams are going to be playing slow, especially in the fourth quarter when DeMar DeRozan, you know, lives or dies at the free throw line. So I'm with you, Chris. I do think the Raptors are the right side here. I don't know if I'd play them to win by more than five, though. That one definitely scares me. I think the Bulls could hang around there, especially with the free throw game. But I think the most outsiding series in the East and the second most exciting first round series behind the Kings and Warriors is the Cavaliers and Knicks. Last time we talked, and a couple times I've seen you this year, people have talked to you about the Knicks. And everyone was talking about how the Knicks are going to win the first-round matchup. They're the talk of the town in the second half, post-All-Star break. Emmanuel quickly this, Emmanuel quickly that. Well, now they run into the Cavaliers. They got two towers down low, two of the best young guards. Do you think the Knicks have a chance here? Where's this going, five, six, seven games? Because I can't wait to go to social media and see the Knicks fans react to these losses. First of all, um, I, I see you're someone that doesn't like themselves, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, second, the, the most intriguing part of this matchup, right, is the fact that Donovan Mitchell told us on our, our own show uh, after he scored the 71 points, 11 assists, he knew I was a Knicks fan, right? Uh, he thought he was going to the Knicks. The, yeah. the day he went to Cleveland, the night before, had a press conference set up in you know his hometown, right, outside of New York City, and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm coming home. That was his whole deal. His agent said, you're going to Cleveland. Okay, great, great team. You know, it wasn't like he was bitter about that, but he really thought he was going to Knicks. So there's some intrigue in that, like, Knicks, did you really mess this up this bad? Or if you went in the first round, it's kind of like, okay, good job, front office. Like, you're still moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think one of the, the, the things to look out for basketball-wise is, yeah, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, like, those two should just go off in this series. But with Cleveland, go look at their roster. Outside of those two, they're, like, second unit, and they have zero size. Once mm-hmm. they move Kevin Love, you go, okay, yeah, they Laurie Markin and Oh, Robin Lopez. That's it. Everyone else is, like, 6'5". Even if they're listed at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, they're, like, 6'5", and got to play uh, defense near the basket. So I, I look at this as the Knicks have the advantage in the sense of more depth, and especially when you look at the second unit uh, up front, and they're going to have to exploit that if they're going to win the series. I do think it's very evenly matched. It's a 4-5 uh, matchup for a reason in that one. 
Yeah, kind of surprised that the the Cavs are laying six in game one because I agree with you. I think that's going to be a competitive series. Um, not a ton to say about the other series we know about. Uh, Sixers prohibitive favorites. Uh, let's just assume that they would get by 4-1. No disrespect to the Nets, who I think are going to cover a lot of games in that series. Eight points in game one is too many. Uh, but as you look at uh, the Sixers, let's give them you know, a pass through here to the uh, second round for just for the sake of uh, hypotheticals. Who do you like in the Eastern Conference? Is it a three-team race? And is there a standout? Or uh, have you uh, kind of had the same sort of feeling as the West as uh, taking a shot on a on a longer odds price here you got to get to know me very well i am the founding member and the president of the Giannis fan club okay, okay. <laughs> and i had to check in on my guy chris middleton uh you know and see what's going on with him and they said there was no damage to the knee that uh came out very positive news that he'll give it a go in the first round and as the postseason progresses they're hoping to have him play like he was you know a, a few weeks ago which was playing at that chris middleton um all-star level. I look at this as the Bucks are the team. They're the team, and everyone else is chasing them. That's how I look at the Eastern Conference, and the odds kind of, you know, back that up. The odds look at it as if they're three teams, right? Bucks, Celtics, 76ers. I think the Celtics have lost too many coaches over the past year, and it's something like, oh, coaches? Well, yeah, their head coach, M.A. Udoka, right? Then you lose uh, Will Hardy, who went to Utah and has done a great job. Then they lost Damon Stoudemire, which was like – the get to the players coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Georgia Tech. I think when it comes to the postseason, that's when it matters. I think the coaching staff is the reason why they came together. And then Jalen Brown's injury with his hand. I'm like, oh, he's got stitches in his hand right before the there's just too many things I don't like about the Celtics. And I think they're the only team I look at that matches up with the Bucs uh well enough to win a series. So I, I think is if Chris Middleton is healthy, Bucks are healthy, they go to the finals. And that's where we start with the East. I I really do feel like that's a foregone conclusion. Um, and someone's going to have to prove me wrong. And I think that someone has to be Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, this is the year. Okay, are you like Giannis, where you just take it and go, and you're just a dude, and no one can stop you? I don't believe in that. And so that's why I go Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Joel Embiid, another player living at the free throw line as well. That'll definitely determine how far the Sixers yeah. go this postseason, in my opinion. But, yeah, I love Giannis and the Bucks. I have – the Bucks and the Sixers are the only two teams that I would bet on, but at that Bucks plus 120 price you saw on the screen earlier, don't think it's totally worth it uh, right now. Maybe get a better price later. But, Chris, you were excellent as always today, man. Appreciate you bringing the energy. Let us know what you're going to be working on through the NBA playoffs and where to find you on social, my man. Oh, yeah. Well, during the NBA playoffs, I will be uh, locked inside of the studio <laughs> during uh, the, the the playoff matchup. So like, when the games are on TNT, I'm actually on NBA TV doing the postgame coverage of, you know, we have all of the uh, availability. So if you're trying to figure out what the players are saying after the games, uh, who injury reports, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just sitting there the entire time uh, bringing that to you. So you know, if you have if you have a chance, your favorite team, if it's the 76ers or the Knicks, right, you see that they won, come hang out with us on NBA TV. Hear from all of your favorite players. That's what I'll be doing for uh, four or five nights uh, a week during the playoffs. I love to hear it. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And best of luck in the NBA playoffs to you and your Knicks, baby. You'll get more wins than my Bulls. That's a guarantee. Hey, hashtag Knicks tape, baby. Hashtag Knicks tape. Hashtag Knicks tape, baby. We'll be talking about a little New York baseball here in a second, right, True? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, a little nice little preview. But it's draft season too, baby. Make sure you guys go ahead and get your Royal Roll draft bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, projections, 
Order today and get all three Roto World draft guides for the price of two. If you use promo code Barry and save an extra 20% out checkout, that is Barry as in Matthew Barry or Strawberry or Blueberry. Whatever you, <laughs> what kind of berry you like, Drew? It's a berry. All right. MLB Monday, Money Mondays, as we call it. Sure. Yeah, thinking? this is uh well, I need some help here because I'm not a baseball guy. Uh, I definitely don't have a, a nuanced handicap or anything, but uh there's no NBA on today. Uh golf was over. Um, no college basketball to bet on. Uh you got anything for me in baseball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a couple plays here. I do want to note out uh the Padres and Mets game is gonna be one of the biggest games of tonight. I did like the first five under four and a half, but that's moved Ooh. to three and a half in most places. If you can try and get a four and a half, I think it's worth a little risk in a unit. But my plays of the day, Drew, Marlins money line against those pesky Philadelphia Phillies. Sandy Alcantara is on the mound, my my man. He's a nine-inning performance in his last one. He usually follows up pretty well, but Matt Strom is on their side. He's only started two times since 2021. So this is going to be a a new atmosphere for him against the Marlins. And the Phillies, fourth most strikeouts, second fewest walks. Not what you want against the uh, guy that leads the – AL Cy Young in terms of odds. So I got the Marlins last night at minus 112 odds, all the way out to minus 130 on points. So we're seeing good directional movement, pitching edges in our favor. I think the bats could be too. And uh, if you're a morning person, if you're catching this podcast late, you want to watch some 2 p.m. afternoon baseball, Dylan Cease, under seven and a half strikeouts versus the Twins is our sweat bet of the day, Drew. This guy's... Had five walks in his last game. We don't like that. He walked way more on the road last year and at home, 30 less walks uh, at home compared to on the road on 30 less innings. So uh, we're taking Dylan Cease under seven and a half strikeouts. Which one are you riding? I'll ride with you on all these. Yeah, I'll I'll do a little sprinkle across the board here. Uh, You said uh, first five under. In uh, in Padres, Mets, I like that. Mar- Marlins money line, although I'm going to have to shop around and see if I can get the price you got because one minus 130 seems a little uh, uh, a little Let's beaten up there. there. Uh, and then, yeah, Dylan Cease under 7.5. Got them all. Yeah, and uh, Cease opened up 5.5 yesterday, and they closed it immediately after 20 minutes. Now 7.5. So that's also a reason why I like the 7.5. Uh, you got a lot of – you got three extra strikeouts there. So huh. Lots of lots of information today. Hopefully you guys got it all from Drew, Chris, and myself. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more info to help you out with your wagers. Thanks for listening and watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. That is Drew. I am Vaughn. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>